I like that. I like that. I'm Chris Gardner. Welcome to another edition of Folks Talking Sports, sponsored by the Saxinian family. Full house, as you can see. Everybody's here right now. We're going to get into football. Joining me, Andy Yanez from the Community Impact Newspaper, Apollo Sports, and Paul Samajama. Willie Gibson from where are you, sir? WTG Sports. Is that right? It is right. WTG Sports. I got it right, finally. And James Mueller, sports editor of uh, the Daily Cougar, Houston Cougar School Paper. Well, fellas, we're going to be kind of nice to Mr. Gibson and hold off on discussing that butt kicking that Michigan put on Ohio State Saturday. But we digress on that for a few moments. Let's talk about the news, coaching changes. First off, the one that I get, is, is it official yet? The Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma to go to USC. Who wants that first? Who wants to take that first? I'll do it. Um, it reports. Has it been anything official from him or USC or Oklahoma? But reports are he did tell his staff this afternoon that he's leaving and uh, the contract is being worked on. It's funny to me because someone said it like this it was a chestnut checkers move because last night. All media wanted to talk about was LSU. And he answered it, honestly, I'm not going to be the LSU coach. But they never asked him about USC. So power move on his part. You know, I got to give it to him. That that was that was a power move. So, but yeah, for from all reports, he is uh, pretty much a done deal to be the next coach at USC. James, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I think the move makes sense for Lincoln Riley himself. Um, I mean, you you look, he's able to recruit talent. He has a bunch of kids from the California area committed to OU that he's going to be able to flip. And would you rather play in the SEC or dominate the Pac-12? Um, he's going to have a chance to, you know, just, you know, set get USC back to that standard and um, a much easier path to get into the college football playoffs um, since Oklahoma could be joining the uh, SEC as soon as – who knows when that will happen. But, I mean, it's going to happen soon enough. And I also – I mean, I find it interesting that they're bringing back Bob Stoops to coach the bowl game. Um, so that will be interesting. But, yeah, those are my initial thoughts. Andy, what are your thoughts on Lincoln Riley to USC? Will said it best. Uh, it's a chess move. It's not checkers or a chess, not checkers move. Um, I think Lincoln Riley's thinking ahead. And before they make that jump over to the SEC, he doesn't have to worry about whatever, how Oklahoma's going to have to compete against all those SEC teams. I think it's it's a perfect move for him, honestly. I mean, are you kidding me? You get to go from Norman, Oklahoma to the sunny side weather 70s of los angeles california like james said a lot of his his recruits are already coming for the southern california region and now all the attention turns to caleb williams and, and see what he ends up doing uh he put he put up a post that he he's not going to make any decision as of now uh he's happy for for the riley family uh, so like kind of will said unofficially officially confirming that move um but I, I like it for him. Uh, don't have to deal with all those stress of the SEC teams. You get to be in the Pac-12, get to rebuild a, a team in Los Angeles, California. I mean, power to him. It's a good move. I think it's a great move for the Pac-12 overall, too. You got a coach, a young coach, leaving a national brand, heading that would is heading to the SEC for your conference for the Pac-12. So I think that's great for the Pac-12. USC is another national brand. 
that have not lived up to its standards of being a nationally prominent program for a while. So it's a great move for the Pac-12. I think USC, I mean, SEC can like brush it off, whatever. It stings for Oklahoma because mm-hmm. Oklahoma thinks, hey, we're a national brand too. We're a big dog. Things like this don't happen to us. Well, mm-hmm. USC said, I think USC proved we're a bigger dog than y'all think we are. <laughs> so Oklahoma, stay in your lane. We can do things too out here in California on the West Coast. So it's great. We'll see how it plays out. But James, you brought up a great point. <laughs> Bob Stoops going to be the interim head coach for the bowl game. I mean, does Bob Stoops, how much time has he spent with the players? to You know, to coach this team right now, these players in this bowl game. I mean, I'm, that's an honest question. He's done some TV work, and things, but what has he done with the team, with this year's team, to prepare them well enough for the bowl game? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I thought they would, like, promote Alex Grinch, their D coordinator yeah. or something within, but they're bringing back a guy who, like you said, has been a TV analyst all year. Um, clearly, has, I mean, I don't know how much. I, I know he's still, you know, associated with the program just because, but there's no way that, you know, he has been with them enough to, you know, just take over a role and they're going to be in a decent role game. So I think that goes to show what, uh, what those programs think about bowl games. I know for, for UH, it's kind of a big deal that even if, if they can beat Cincinnati and somehow get the, the new year bowl game, it's kind of a big deal for Houston. Oklahoma doesn't care if it's not going to be the college football playoff. <laughs> Is the bowl game really meaningful for them? No. So okay. I think that's what that shows. Great point, Andy and Will. I'm, I'm going to bring you in on that. Now mm-hmm. that Ohio State, and no shade, but mm-hmm. where is their, men, their mentality? What are the players, fans? What, what is their mentality now for the bowl game? Do they even care anymore? Um, it's not even at the bowl game right now. Just real quick, right as we went on about eight minutes ago, USC did confirm that, okay. uh, that uh, Lincoln Riley is the new head coach at the USC. But right now it's a shock. I mean, truthfully, I mean, the first time since 2011, the last Sunday in in November, Ohio State woke up and didn't beat Michigan. So really, right now it's just like, did that really just happen? Bowl game will come down the line because usually this is the week you're preparing for Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship game, and that's not <clears throat> that's not happening right now. So um, you, you've seen some fans post and say, "Hey, you know, Buckeyes, I hope you guys playing the bowl game. We want to see you finish out one last time as Buckeyes, things of that nature." But Honestly, uh, Chris, Andy, and James, right now, bowl game is like the farthest thing from Buckeye Nation's mind. They're just literally right now, like, did we really just lose to Michigan? Because it doesn't happen. I mean, it's happened four times since in the last 21 years. So, yeah. And, and Will, have you got any early vibe from any uh, 2022 NFL draft prospects from the Buckeyes who are leaning toward, I'm not playing a ball game. I'm going to the NFL. No, I think right now, um, if anything, I've had to speculate, they're going to play because they don't want that last game and a Buckeye uniform to be a loss to Michigan. So to close out with the bowl game, to go out with the brotherhood one last time, I think that's what most players are leaning towards. Fair enough. 
All right, I'm going to do this. going to tie it all in. I got Rocket fans time, and then we're going to talk Coach Wall slash John Wall later on in the, in the show. But as a tie-in, fellas, I'm going to take the screen, but I'm going to bring it back because we're going to talk about what I'm about to discuss real quick. So this segment, let me press play with the buttons here. All right, real quick, this Houston Cougars segment is made possible by the Saxonian family. Surprisingly, to some, me included, 3 p.m. Saturday afternoon, December 4th, the Houston Cougars football team will face the Cincinnati Bearcats in the American Athletic Conference Championship game from the Bearcats Nippert Stadium. Cook fans, to request tickets, visit uh.evenue.net. Requests will be prioritized by the Cougar Pride Priority Point System. I'm a member. I haven't done much on that lately. But anyway, I digress. The deadline to request tickets is 5 p.m. Monday, November 29th. That's tomorrow, 5 p.m. tomorrow. Houston Athletics will make best efforts to fulfill as many requests as possible based on the assigned conference ticket allotment for the game. And we'll notify you by Tuesday, November 30th. If we are able to fulfill your ticket request for questions, please contact the Houston Athletics Ticket Office at 713-GO-COOGS. That's 713-462-6647 or email tickets at uh.edu or call Cougar Pride at 713-743-GO-UH, 713-743-4684 or email Cougar Pride at uh.edu. Once again, that Houston Cougars segment made possible by the Saxonian family. All right, here we go, fellas. Back at it. Let's talk football. Three o'clock this Saturday. Andy, you're, you're the you're the uh, oh the sports betting line expert mm-hmm. of this foursome. What's the line? So for right now, as of today, James, you you know, the youngsters of this foursome. Well, I don't know about you. I don't know. You, are you into the gambling le- betting line like that? Like these no, two not at all. Not okay, at all. so let James and Andy kind of take a moment, pull it up. What's the spread? Cincinnati by 10 and a half currently. 10 and a half. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Cougs 11 and 1. Bearcats undefeated. It's on the road. I don't believe weather's going to be a factor. I just heard it's going to be kind of cold, you know, well, cold for <laughs> Houstonians. That's like 40 degrees. Andy, Will, James, I'm not being a hater. I think the Bearcats are the better team. I think the Bearcats will cover that 10 and a half. And let me say, Andy, I haven't done it yet, so this might be my first time to do it. So this could be the kiss of death for oh. Cincinnati. But I am going to guarantee. Guarantee. Oh, this will cover the 10 and a half against U of H, my alma mater, this Saturday in the AAC football championship game. Guarantee. Thoughts on that? Noted. Maybe 35-24. But that's, that's covering. That's 11. Mm-hmm. That's still covering. 35-24. But, but thoughts on that? Will. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, 
I, I do think Cincinnati, Cincinnati will win. And I had a question for you guys, no shade in all seriousness. Is this a situation where fans, and I, I probably know the answer, but this will probably be the closest a group of five team will get to the college football playoff. So yep. does Houston take one for the team and say, hey, Cincinnati, you guys go – because if, if Houston wins, Houston doesn't get in the Final Four. Right. So is this a scenario where – Somewhere down the line, I'm not saying it's Daniel Horgerson or or Clayton Toon or anyone like that, but it's the thought, hey, let's help our, our brother get in the Final Four. I mean, I don't know. I, I, think I probably know the answer, but I, I, I kind of thought about that earlier today, thought I'd ask. We, we, I think you know the answer to it. No, they're going to play hard and all those great things. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not sure it's going to matter because I think Cincinnati is better than U of H, but let's tie it all together. Andy James, Will, I tweeted it out. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Got a betting theme going here. What do you, What is the over-under in the number of times Big 12 will be mentioned in Saturday's matchup? Let, let, me, let me just throw it out there. Let's say eight. Eight times. Do you think the Big over. 12 will be mentioned eight times? Eight times. Well, you got over. James, what do you what do you over. say? Yeah, over for sure. Okay. Andy, what do you say? I'll go under just, uh, and I'll, I'll say this, I'll say just because the game will be on ABC, correct? Um, yeah, right. It, it, ESPN uh, branding, ESPN is going to be taking over the coverage. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Mike Koreska reaches out to ESPN headquarters and says, hey, can you, can you, can you hold off on the Big 12 talk? This is, this is the American Athletic Championship game. Respect us for that, and maybe maybe ESPN considers it. Um, but I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's over. But I'll take the under just just to go against it. Okay, uh, let me let me. All right, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna push it up a little bit more. Ten over under on ten times mentioned. Big Twelve mentioned. What's what's your what's your threshold, James? What do you what do you what where would you take the under? What I'd, say, I'd take if if it was nine and a half, I'd take under. I think it will be somewhere between the six to eight range, probably. Um, and I'm when you said uh, originally eight, I was willing to go with it. Um, but yeah, I don't think it will be ten. Will do you think ten is too high? No. See again, this is where you lose me. I'm a I'm a neophyte when it comes to this gambling piece, so I'll still say over. I. I uh, my, I don't think ESPN is going to care, with all due respect, with about a Michael Resco call. Uh, they're going, they're going to do it. So, have, have, have they announced yet, either U of H or Cincinnati websites, uh, who's going to be calling the game? Do we know that yet? I, I haven't not seen heard. Yeah, I, because I ask because the only reason why I ask is Andre Ware called the U of H game, what was it? Memphis game, maybe? Mm-hmm. And he mentioned Big yeah. 12 <laughs> during that game. So if Andre's calling the game, he might mention Big 12 a lot. But I doubt if he would get that call. Um, but that maybe depends on the announcers. But uh, Andy makes a good point. Michael Resco might put in a call, a plea. You know, please don't mention the Big 12. You know, this is they still are members of the AAC. This is still the AAC championship game, on and on. But, man, 
I just, it's going to be mentioned maybe not 10 times, maybe five. Uh, how about this? Would U of H run on the field at some point with, with a Big 12 flag or something like that? Or if whoever wins the, the, the game on the sideline, one of the players pulls out like a little Big 12 flag or something. We're coming. We're coming. You think that's a possibility? Anybody? No. I don't. Okay. I'm being petty. You know thing? Yeah. Well, that's fair. I'm being petty. Okay. Real quick. U of Aids, UConn, the final score was 45-17. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. They didn't cover because last I saw the line was like 31, 32 points. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 32. Mm-hmm. But, James, what are your thoughts on how U of Aids looked in the game in the Saturday's game? I mean, it's what you expect. I obviously, when you're playing, they're going to, de- or like the coaches and players say the same thing every week. You know, we're, we take every opponent seriously. You know, we're not going to overlook anyone. But I mean, it's kind of what you expect. And I think uh, the big thing was just, especially getting used to that colder weather early morning game. I think that would that would be big for Houston going into Cincinnati since they haven't had to play in an environment like that. And then keeping everyone relatively healthy. I know uh, Alton McCaskill, the freshman running back, Tank Dell, the one of the, their top wide receiver. He they both got banged up. Dana Holgerson said they'll be good to go though. So um, I think overall they they've came they came out of that game about as good as they could. Um, and you know now now they can truly focus on Cincinnati instead of having to you know look at these opponents before that because they've known they're going to play Cincinnati for a few weeks now. Andy. No, yeah, like James said, uh, I think that you could say there's a little cause for concern just in terms of how they came out. They came out a little lackluster. I mean, uh, UConn's not necessarily the, the the easiest team to get up for. It's a 11 o'clock game for Houston time, uh, but they, they flipped the switch in the second half. They came out um, a lot more dominant, and they put it away out of reach. Clayton, too, you know, a lot of the starters didn't have to play in the fourth quarter, which especially with, um, once again, Alton McCaskill ended up getting injured in the first half and now playing all the second half. And a couple of uh, other injuries from some of their key players, too. I think that's that was the best-case scenario for Houston. Um, but, yeah, it, like James said, it was pretty much what you expected. And, and I mean, there's not much takeaways. It was just one of these games that they, they had to play. But, I mean, Houston couldn't wait for it. Be- Even after the game, they, the first thing Dana Hogerson said, we can finally focus on Cincinnati. Um, because they had, they knew that was going to be the match for for a few weeks, and they, they obviously they couldn't look ahead um, just to first to finish off with Memphis and and that conference schedule, but then the UConn game as well. Okay, for for the panel, um, Will, I'm going to mention this. James and Andy, I think, tweeted a comment from Coach Holgerson basically saying he wishes the game was going to be at a neutral site rather than home field, Bearcat Stadium. And he wonders why it's not at a neutral site. We know why. Attendance would suck. The American could say all they want. This is, this is really another indication of being a G5, not Power 6 program. James, Andy, we, we know as a... Well, me and Andy are alums, James, soon to be an alum, future alum of U of H. If the game would be at TD ECU Stadium in Houston, traffic instruction, 
were no traffic, no problems. This game would be a struggle to sell out if Houston was, was, was hosting it. That's just, that's just reality. It's not Texans football. It's not pro football. You know, Juve, Cincinnati. If it would have been here in town, maybe 30,000, maybe. But Nippert Stadium, better, better crowd. If this game would be at a neutral site, I don't know, um, the Dome in Indianapolis, you know, whatever, something like that. How many Houston fans would be there? Not many. 5,000. Yeah, if if that. So Coach Hogerson, he's saying it to toss it out there. I don't, I mean, what you hope to gain from it. Because Big 12 championship, neutral site, right? Mm-hmm. Want to be neutral site stadium? Yeah. So if at some point U of H, when they get to that conference, reaches a Big 12 championship game, how many fans, U of H alums, do you think will travel to that neutral site game? I mean, it would probably still be in Texas and Dallas, so that would help. Um but still, I don't. I think it would be a struggle to get a ton of fans out there. Do you think it'd be ten thousand U of H fans and alums? Uh, it depends. If if like, I mean, if they make the Big Twelve championship game, then there would be a possibility of like playoff hopes. Depending on that, then if if there was a playoff shot, I think they could get that. But if it was, you know, they lost two or three times in conference, but it was good enough to make the conference championship game. I don't think they get 10,000 now. Andy? No. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You put in a Big 12 scenario, there'd probably be more buzz. But when you think about it now, they're struggling just to, to hit the 30,000 mark, and you're telling me they're going to be able to get a third of that crowd to a neutral site game. That that seems kind of – it seems far-fetched right now um, where they are as of now. But Yeah. Okay. Will, you mentioned yes, this a few times, and we're going to get back to U of H and their building plans in, in a few moments, football plans. Is Ryan Day in trouble? Because you said on, no. on our show, FTS. I know, 10 and 2 gets you fired. 10 and 2. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, 10 and 2 consistently gets you fired. But, no, he's 33 and 4. He's lost four games in three years. No, he's fine. Now, Lee Corso – and some guys at ESPN, and I've heard this probably four times in the last three weeks, uh, Ryan Day to Chicago potentially to coach Justin Fields because Matt Nagy is on his last leg. And Ryan Day is the one chief recruiter who got Justin Day – or Justin – well, Justin, that's another story. Uh, Justin Fields to Ohio State. Um potentially going to Chicago. Just, uh, Ryan Day has an NFL pedigree, was in Philadelphia with uh, and uh, San Francisco with Chip Kelly. Uh, he has that background, potentially. You know, his name could come up. Um, all indications right now that he isn't looking to pursue anything uh, opportunity-wise NFL, but you never know. Um, but is he in trouble? No, I think he and his agent took note this week that uh, 
Mel Tucker signed a $95 million contract. And James Franklin signed a $75 million contract. And oh, by the way, Ryan Day beat both of them this year. So I think he and his agent are taking note like, um, okay, we'll wait. We'll wait. Yeah, and and I ask everybody on this. Mel Tucker, James Franklin got 10-year deals, I think, for both. Mm-hmm. Has it been announced what the reported deal for Lincoln Riley is going to, you know, the length of the contract is? Is that 10 years as well? I have not heard that yet. But it looks like that's where the big-time programs are leaning is more toward longer-term contracts. So what are your thoughts on that? Just a 10-year. It's nice. 10 years sounds great. But if a bigger program comes calling and, and says to Mel Tucker, that's good. I mean, because Michigan State, that deal is being paid by two wealthy alums. Yep. You know, basically two billionaires, basically. Basically. So if, I don't know, pick, hell, Alabama, whatever, you know, a bigger program mm-hmm. says, Mel, you know, two years from now, Mel, that's nice. What, what's your buyout? $40 million? Okay, yeah, we got that. So, yeah, whatever. So, it sounds nice. Ten years sounds nice. It looks impressive now. It's just a number. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. it's a trend for the bigger program, but I don't think it. James, what are your thoughts? Do you think U of H will offer Coach Hogerson a 10-year deal anytime soon? No, I don't think so. Um, but I, I think... Not. I think, like to your point, ten is just a number. Like you said, I saw—I forget who said it—but they talked about how there's not really any more stepping stone jobs in college football because, like, if you look at OU, one of the winningest programs ever, but Lincoln Riley left. Like, there's always a way for a coach to leave somewhere, um, no matter you know he's not locked in there. Um, obviously, the buyout there has to be a buyout and stuff, but um, I mean, the numbers look nice, but things can change with a snap of a finger, um, like y'all were talking about already. Andy? Dana Hogerson, 10-year extension. Uh, boy, that would be something. No, I don't, I don't see sure them doing, I don't see them doing anything like that. Although, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they extend, maybe gave him a two-year extension um, after the season, uh, considering this is going to be his third year, so he'll have the two years left uh, after this season ends. I could see them doing that, um, but Honestly, I, I, with the schedule they had, I, if I were in a position to make that decision, I would wait it out a year and, and see what, um, what they do next season and what that looks like. Um, so you know when you get to the Big 12 whether Dana Hogerson is truly the, the person you guys are comfortable with, he's been able to get good recruits and, and is going in the right direction, going into the Big 12, or uh, you'll have to look into a new direction. But, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets extended after the season. Well put, and, and let me say, Dana's reps, his agent, they should strike while the iron's hot after this season and ask for all that. Ask for a longer contract, extension, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. You have eight. Hey, no, just wait one more year, do it again, basically. Go ahead, Will. Now, you mentioned uh, bigger programs coming in, and that's actually what happened with uh, both of these guys, quite honestly. Um, no, Tucker, LSU came call. Mm-hmm. And Mel Tucker has that SEC pedigree, uh, defensive coordinator at Georgia, defensive coordinator at Alabama, um, knows the conference. And so LSU called, and that's where the $95 million came from. Uh, James Franklin was mentioned um, early on at USC. 
right? Potentially. And that's where the $75 million came from. So that's all I think that's all that has to happen. Your agent puts get your name mentioned in uh in the coaching search. And then the, the the current school has to either ante up or call your bluff and let you go. And that brings up a good point. What if Dana's agent says to uh, U.S. AD Chris Pesman, I don't know, I'm just tossing it out there, you know how some folks do, just throw stuff against the wall, see if it sticks. <laughs> hey, uh, Chris Pesman, LSU, they're looking for a coach now. Their, their options are kind of dwindling. Um, they came and called me and said they'd give Dana Hoverson – Eighty million dollars over ten years, you know. What are y'all gonna do about that? What? You, hey, what do you what do you what are you gonna do about that? What, what would you do if Chris Pesman got that phone call from Dana's agent, J- Andy Good James? God. Eighty mil for ten years. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll call the bluff. Um, if if his agent came and, and um, came with that offer. Um, I don't know. You're in a, they're in a tricky situation, especially if the numbers aren't as that bigger for that long of a commitment, uh, just because of where they find themselves. It's you could see them being in a transition phase where they obviously they, once they get to the Big Twelve, they want to be hitting on all strides. So I could see them not wanting to let go of Dana Hogerson just to, to have the continuity aspect. And it certainly seems in a sturdier that they've hit uh, a turnaround and uh, and are heading in the right direction. But I mean. That that big of an extension, I don't know. I would, I would be called a bluff, and if he knew, so be it. But that that's a huge commitment after just one good season, in my opinion. James, yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree with Andy. I think, I mean, I'd be very skeptical if I was told that. Obviously, if Houston Pesman believes that Dana's the guy, you know, in the future, going to lead this program in the Big Twelve, then you want to do what you can to make him stay, but you also can't overreact to that because, I mean. You, you hear a bunch of rumors that are just rumors and don't turn out to be anything. So you, you really got to do your work. Um, and then if you find out, yeah, this was a legit thing. And you, and like I said, if you do believe Dana's the guy to lead this program, then you, then you provide some incentives, uh, negotiate some extension or something like that. Yeah. And like I said, I just made that up. Just toss it out there. I haven't heard anything about that whatsoever, but in that scenario, if that happens, if LSU came calling, because right now I don't know who their option is besides Jimbo. If Jimbo Fisher says no, then really what is LSU left to do? But uh, if they said, Chris Pesman, you know, we're going to give Dana a 10-year deal of $80 million on Pesman. Dana, thank you very much. Take the offer because <laughs> we can't afford that. We can't, we can't mask that. We, we, just, we, can, we just can't do it. That's me talking. Now. Football facility is being discussed. Uh, Chris Ballman for Paper City Magazine in Houston wrote about it. I think it's been, you know, just brought to you with the Chronicle. We've known this, I think, Andy, James, we've known it for a while, that it's been discussed for a football facility's building to be constructed. Will, check this out. Mm-hmm. What is, so U of H football has, this was built under Coach Herman, I believe, a football practice facility, right? Mm-hmm. Indoor, indoor practice facility. What is this new building that is apparently going to happen once the lead donor is announced? What what is what is what is going to, what is going to happen, James? I mean, 
in terms of like what I've heard, like you said, we've, we've known like this is something they wanted to do. They're obviously trying to fundraise. They're trying to, you know, model it after the Guy V. Lewis Development Center, not uh, uh, which is the UH basketball uh, facility. Basically, you know, I mean, it's more in a recruiting pitch, I think. You, you want to have the facilities to get people to come in. You want to have, you know, have the latest and greatest things. Kelvin Sampson talks about it all the time, always trying to upgrade his facilities. And if you want to be an elite football program going into the Big 12, you you got to have some pitch because right now, you know, oh, a stadium with 28 uh, four, that can seat 40,000 that gets 25 a game, like that's not a huge pitch, um, especially with the facilities they have compared to other Big 12 schools. Um, so I, I think that's the biggest aspect, obviously, I mean, with facilities like that, you're able to do more with the team, but I think it, 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 it's bigger on the outside um, and just the perception of the program um, and trying to get, you know, build that hype, build that uh, repertoire and get people to come into the program and truly buy in. Andy, what are your thoughts on the new football building? No, James said it perfectly. It's it's all about recruiting and trying to make yourself as attractive as attractive as possible to, to, to recruits and trying to compete. Like James said, once you make that uh, leap into the Big 12, I found it interesting in that, in that article from uh, Chris Baldwin from Paper City Mag. He kind of, uh, he, compared, he compared to some of the other facilities some of the other football programs have. I think he, he threw in, I think it was the Alabama one where he said they have their own waterfall inside the facility, which is absurd when, when I read that. But um, when, when you read that, really, it's just eye candy, to be honest. When you, you can bring in a recruit, either I know what Kevin Sampson always says before they had Guy B. Lewis, he, whenever he would bring recruits, he would show them designs and, and renderings of what was going to be built. Um, that, that's probably something that the football team wants to do. And once it is built out, have a facility to be able to bring them in, show them, and have their own little thing. Uh, they do have the indoor practice facility, but uh, I, I believe as of now, whenever it comes to like all the – um, like meals and all the athlete stuff for the football team. I think they still have to do it at the alumni center, yeah. <laughs> um, which is, um, you know, conjoined with all the other sports. So, you know, like, yeah, volleyball, the track uh, athletes and uh, a lot of the other sports, um, honestly, probably besides basketball, all in like one bunched up facility. I know the baseball team has their own facility too, but it would it'd probably be something good for, for the football team where they can kind of, have their own thing and be separated from from the others, kind of like basketball is. Will do, do the does the Buckeyes football team have its own building? Yeah, and that's what I was just looking up. I felt spoiled. I'm listening, like, man, am, am I spoiled? Because yeah, the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, uh, that was there not to date myself, but that was there when I I came to campus in 1992. So I was just actually sitting here, like, when did they build the Woody Hayes? But, yeah, they've always had uh, the Woody Hayes uh, Athletic Center. And I'm actually looking it up now to see when it was built. 1987. And it, 1987. But, but is that specifically for football? Football only? Well, not it's not football only. It's 100 and let's see. It's pretty much the majority of it. I mean, there's pockets of it that they have for – non-revenue sports, but they share it. But there's 13,000 square foot uh, weight room, 1,800 square foot cardio fitness center. Uh, they just re redid it with uh, new medical treatment areas, new locker rooms, 
but yeah, 1987 is when it was built. Now, I say it's shared by other programs. However, it's probably 95% football. Okay. 95% football. So the location of the planned location for the football facility for U of H, I think we, we saw two different spots. One was uh, what the West end zone, Andy, but adjacent to the West end zone of TDECU right. Stadium, which makes more sense because it's right next to their know, indoor facility. Right. As opposed to where, what Garrison, whatever that building was, hell, I was, I went to school and that building was there. You know, if that, <laughs> if that, and that's what, 94, 1994. So that's a long time ago. But that's further away from the stadium. So that'd be a walk, you know, across the street, across Holman to get to that. So I'm not sure that makes any sense. But that location is closer to, I think, the Gavi Lewis Development Center. Right, Andy? Right. So, right. And it's, it's kind of like in the same uh, block where, um, it, I, yeah, it's kind of in the same block where all the sports facilities are. It's, it's um, the thing that would divide it if it's there it would be um, that garrison thing where they have like a testing center and and some I don't know if it's like military specific or ROTC ROTC that's what it used to be yeah like that. yeah um, and then Fertitta Center is right there and then Guy V. Lewis and then like it, essentially it's like their little sports uh, athletics block so I guess it would make sense with the grouping but. It would also make sense behind TDC Stadium because they're kind of isolated and they they're all walking distance within uh, PDCU if they want to practice inside TDCU or they want to do stuff in the indoor facility and stuff like that. But um, the other location would be right behind their outdoor practice fields as well. So, and which brings me to a a point I want to discuss. Uh, we don't know how much the facility is going to cost. You know, projections, 40 million, 50 million, 60 million, whatever mean. Uh, Chris Baldwin's article quoted Chris Pesman, AD. They're waiting for the lead gift to be announced publicly and they'll go from there. All this is great. Bells and whistles, Andy referred to it as eye candy for the recruits. All those things is great. I don't understand why U of H is not considering a buyout from the American to join the Big 12 next season. Because let's say it's 40 million. Okay, whatever. 40 million, 30 million, 30 to 50 million, whatever it is. A buyout from the American would cost less than this football facility. Okay? And the sooner you get to the Big 12, the sooner you can get Big 12 revenue share. Because you're not going to get a full share for at least two seasons, most likely three seasons. So why be in America one extra year? I, I don't understand that part of it. My scenario, I mentioned it, I think it's to James as well, but Andy for sure, Will, I'm tossing it out there, similar to what Connecticut did to leave is you just waive whatever fee you're going to get from the TV deal from ESPN. Let's say it's $6 million, okay? 
and then you agree with the other amount and say, all right, we're going to give the conference, the AAC, $2 million for the next seven seasons for $14 million. That's 14 plus six, $20 million. You announce that $20 million deal, a buyout to the American and join the Big 12 next season. You join the Big 12 next season, revenue share, maybe you get 75%, maybe, I don't know, whatever, it's 50%, 75% in your first year. That's going to be $20 million if it's 50%, because it's currently, I think, the teams get $40 million, I think, 38 $40 million. $20 million from Big 12 in a year. $20 million, okay, if, it, if, if it's 50%. And then it just builds up the buyout. You know, the revenue share goes 50%. Then 65, 35, 80, whatever, until you become 100% full, full member in season four. Why not do that as opposed to being in America one more year, spending this money? Because you still got to build the facility, football facility. That's going to take two, three years. Let's say two years, 18, 24 months. Well, hell, six months to plan it. Get the drawings, the renderings, everything like that. Then you got to build it. And if you have to tear down stuff before you build it, there's a chance you're not going to have it built by the time you're in the Big 12. So why don't you go ahead and join the Big 12 next year to begin getting that money and the revenue? Thoughts on that? Am I, am I insane for thinking that way, James? No, I mean, I agree. I don't see any reason to wait. And especially if I'm the American as well, I'm all for that just because I talked about it last time. Like, okay, the conference championship in football is the big 12 championship part two. basketball. Houston could very well win the championship. So your bet, your biggest two sports could possibly be, you know, your best programs in football for sure will be a big 12 team. And then in basketball as well. So it's a bad look on you already when your best programs, you know, are, are leaving. So if I'm the American, um, if Houston, tries any kind of deal like that or Cincinnati or any of these schools, I'm all for it just because, you know, then it, then you get away from the chatter. Oh, they're joining the big 12. Then it can be done. You can focus on the future of the conference and the same thing for Houston. You don't have to worry about, um, you know, future things with like, when are you going to join and stuff? And then plus uh, all the financial stuff you just laid out and, um, you know, being able to get that big 12 money, um, which is a significant jump from what the American, uh, what Houston is getting in the American right now. Will, I'll just split you up between, you know, two Cougars. So I'll get Andy last on this. But, but your thoughts, what, am I insane for that suggestion? No, I don't think you're insane at all. Um, it makes perfect sense. Uh, I just, I'm trying to think of the reasons why they have it. And honestly, I can't come up with any. Um, do they have some type of gentleman's agreement with the Americans saying, hey, we'll honor this. I don't know. I don't know. I'm reaching for straws, as you can see, as to what the rationale could be to stay when you've already announced that you're leaving. And the the benefit far outweighs the benefit in, in joining the Big 12 early far outweighs the benefit of staying in AEC one more year. So, I, no. Are you insane? No. Andy? It makes perfect sense. What, what are your thoughts? No, yeah, for sure. Uh, that, that makes all the sense in the world, being able to join the Big 12 earlier. Uh, you, you, obviously, the revenue stream will be 
be the big reason why it makes more sense. And um, anything hasn't been announced. I mean, UH is already kind of, you know, one foot out the door in the American Athletic Conference anyway. You can see it with their giant Big 12 logo that they've branded on their own facility. So they, they can't wait themselves to make the move. So, um, yeah, it's interesting that they haven't announced or reached a buyout yet, at least not public, public, publicly. Um, but I, I think the, the sooner they can go to the Big 12, it, it'd be best for um, UH for sure. And probably the American Athletic Conference, um, like James said, there's a good high probability that what what's just happening in football is going to repeat itself in men's basketball. I mean, you just look at the teams that, that have started off early. Uh, Cincinnati started off good. UCS started off good. And Houston's still up top. So, um, it makes all sense in this, it makes all sense in the world to be able to make this move as quickly as possible and um, who knows what the hold up is. And I, I say all that with last few days I was told it's not in discussion. They're not wow, considering that's interesting. And I'm like, what the hell? Why the hell not? I don't I don't understand it. I, so I'm putting it out there. Uh, because it makes, and maybe I'm wrong, it makes too much sense to do it this way. Because as Andy touched on it, they already got the Big 12 U of A's logo on the building. It's a huge combo logo on the facility. And I was told, well, it's doing it for recruits, future recruits, just to keep it in, in the front of their mind. Hey, you know, soon enough, we're going to be in the Big 12. Well, hell, if you're doing that soon enough, just make it get out of the conference. They see this season, make it the last one and get to the Big 12 July 1st, 2022. If it's money and clearly this is not my money, it's not y'all's money because none of us are this wealthy to do this. But U-Rates, I think, still has enough wealthy alums that they could pool together two million dollars for the next seven years. To be part of a twenty million dollar buyout, quote unquote twenty million dollar buyout. Why not get this done? Especially if you're going to get twenty million <laughs> from the Big Twelve revenue pie. I, I I don't get it. I don't understand it. Uh, real quick, we're going to talk some basketball. Well, Andy, let's talk U of H basketball. You say you got to close out in three minutes, and then we'll get into John Wall, Coach Wall. How good is Wisconsin, Andy? Uh, from what they showed on uh, Tuesday that yep. they played U of H, uh, real good. Uh, I was impressed with how, how they came out, especially in that first half. They honestly dominated Houston. They made them pay for something that the, the Cougars like to do, and that's trap big man. Uh, when they catch the ball down low in the post, it seemed like Houston was slow, honestly unable to react to or cover um, the breakdowns, and they were too slow to cover jump shots. And, uh, I believe the player's name, Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis. His name, yes, Johnny Davis. Yep. Went off. I think he had like 20 or so in the first half and he finished for like 30 uh, for the game. He really showed out. Um, I, I can't remember if Kelvin said this after the game, but um, at Wisconsin certainly uh, they'll probably be an NCAA tournament team once March and April comes down, um, called in. Uh, but I think when it comes to that game specifically, I think the the bigger takeaway is how Houston clawed back in the second half and and made it a game. Uh, it's something that uh, when you think about teams coached by Calvin Sampson, they always have that mentality of 
Um, they're going to keep coming at you. They saw a little bit in, in just going back to the final four against Baylor. They didn't let go of the rope. And even though they, they weren't able to significantly come back in that game, it never seemed like they had just flat out quit. And I think that that's a positive sign that this team early on showed that fight in them. And I mean, it came down to the last possession and they had a chance at tying it or even uh, getting a potential shot. They would have won in the game. Uh, they just ran out of time. So um, I think that, uh, it certainly was something in a positive direction, but I mean, Wisconsin's legit. Well, you got a scouting report on Johnny Davis? Not yet. Not yet. Um, it's still football season for me. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to get into it just yet, but um, I will. I, I, I did take note of that earlier this week when I saw that score. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Because I think he was the first Andy James uh, yeah. first person to score 30 against U of H and my gosh, five, six, while. seven years. <laughs> yeah, since you know, I've covered him, I don't think. Yeah, he looked like a pro, like an NBA pro. He played great. As Andy touched on it, Wisconsin did probably one of the best jobs um, passing out of U of H's monster trap of the big man in the low post. But James, what are your thoughts on Wisconsin in that first half against U of H? Yeah, it didn't actually surprise me. I was telling some people at the Cougar that I thought Wisconsin was going to win this game just because I think they've been overlooked. They have a lot of talent. Um, I think, I mean, people might be overreacting a little bit to how good they are at this moment. I think they have a chance to be a really good team, but like in the first half, they couldn't miss. The second half, they had one guy making shots for the majority of it, and it allowed Houston to get back in there. But I think, um, I think Wisconsin could be a sneaky team come tournament time. I think um, they'll do well in the Big Ten. I don't think they'll win it, but um, I think they'll be pretty competitive and um, put together a nice conference record. But um, like Andy said, it, it's a good test for both Houston and Wisconsin early because it shows you what you're made of, um, allows you to get, you know, have to face some of those situations early with Houston, you know, trying to claw back from 20 points down instead of, you know, giving up um, – just showing fight in Wisconsin, learning how to, you know, protect the lead um, when momentum swing, seems to be swinging in the, uh, the other team's favor. So I think there's a lot of lessons that can be taken from both teams from the game. Andy, I know you got to got to go, so I'm going to give you the full screen and you tell folks how to find you on social media. For sure. They can follow me on Twitter at Aonis underscore five. Be sure to check out uh, our official Pod Slamma Jamma account, Twitter account. That's at Pod Slamma Jamma. Uh, only the PS and J's are capitalized. Uh, appreciate the uh, time, Chris, uh, and the, the solo screen. I won't make a guarantee yet, although I think I ended my losing streak on guarantees when I said Houston would beat Memphis, so I got that going for me. All right, Andy, we'll see you in a few days. Um, thank you very much. All right, James, Will, let's do it. Let's get into uh, some Coach Wall, John Wall stuff. People are Rocket fans are fiending for some Rocket discussion about Coach Wall and the news the last few days. And I'm, I'm not going to toot my horn. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. I'm going to toot my horn. You know, Sham Sharanian and Woj from ESPN announced it Friday, Saturday about John Wall and Rockets GM Rafael Stone being in discussion, talking more today about John wants to play. He's got the itch again to play and all that kind of stuff. Rockets are discussing the best role for John. Well, James, 
Yep. John Wall was on the court Tuesday of this week, practice court, shooting buckets, shooting jumpers with Eric Gordon, having little shooting competitions. I know this because the media was allowed to see it. Okay? That's a first in probably a month, except for that brief moment we saw John and Jalen Green doing a little one-on-one weeks ago. They really didn't want us recording that part weeks ago. But Tuesday, Jay Sean Tate said to the media, and it's during his comments, you go, can go to Houston Round Bar View YouTube channel and pull it up. Jay Sean Tate himself said, we had a great practice. It was good to see John Wall with us in practice. Jay Sean Tate said that. Okay? I mean, a player said it, that John was participating in some of the stuff on the court with the team. Then we saw, media saw, John and Eric Gordon shooting buckets. So then we saw it again later in the week. So for Woj and, and Sham to say all of a sudden, John Wall has the itch and he wants to get back on the court. Duh. There was no doubt in my mind and anyone with common sense. Why do you think John Wall and the Rockets allowed the media to see John Wall on the court with the team? Doing, you know, yes, it wasn't a scrimmage. was none of that. None of that. But there was a reason to the madness that they wanted us to see John Wall working out with Eric Gordon and doing shooting drills with Eric Gordon. John just wasn't doing that. Like I said, the key part is for the media to see it. You know, he's traveled with the team on the road. We see that during the game, see him on the bench, all those things. But what was different this week is we saw it. So clearly he wants to play again. Now he wants to, where it is today, he wants to start. Or he wants to at least be considered compete for starting minutes. Hold up, John. You're not in shape. You're not in basketball shape. I touched on this Friday. That's doing Rocket Talk live stream, where I thought he was on a scale of 1 to 100. I said about 80%. Well, if John Wall's 80%, that's not NBA legit to start. Just thoughts on this whole situation, James, about John Wall now all of a sudden wanting to play again. Are you surprised at that? No, like you said, I'm not surprised at all that he wants to play again. Um, the bigger thing, like, is the discussion or like what I've been reading and stuff. Just like if there, if he's going to be willing to accept, you know, a bench role to start because when you've been on a hiatus for so long, you can't just come in and expect to start. And if you think you're good enough to start, well, then prove it when you're coming off the bench. Give quality minutes there, and then maybe you can insert yourself into the starting lineup, and then maybe you can get traded to a contender and play a real role on that team. But you can't expect, like you're saying, to you know be out for as long as he has been out and then just immediately come back be the go-to guy because you haven't proven anything yet. Will? Uh, I totally agree with that. I mean, you got to – I mean, what you and I talked earlier, it's like he, he brought this on himself. You know, yes. he agreed he agreed to this arrangement, if you will. And now the competitors, it was also, I'm, I'm looking at it now. He posted something on Instagram uh, seven hours ago, uh, footage of him working out with uh, assistant coaches, shooting drills, driving, dunking, things of that nature. And he says, born ready, been ready. Hashtag free me. 
hashtag Wallway. So, well, let me ask you: is is that the clip where it looked like the gym was in New York, or is that a clip from here in? You can tell like it was here in town. It says the Summit Network. Yes, yeah, New York Summit, New York. Yep. So I wonder when he when that was recorded. Good because point. The Rockets are here. Good point. You know, Did they, they play in New York stand. last week? Did they play in New York last week? Uh, let's see. The road trip, Memphis, Boston. They were they the Knicks, yeah. but I they, they, know they played the it. Knicks, but that was that was like two weeks ago. Yeah. When it okay. was it was around the Champions Champions Classic because Kentucky was playing whoever it was Duke. Duke or whoever. Yeah. So John was in New York for that. Okay. So maybe that's when he recorded that, you know, workout session. Okay, okay, so that's two weeks ago. So, but again, James, Will, fans, if John had an issue with what the Rockets are doing, he should not agree to this back in September and October. True, true. He should have told Rafael Stone, Rafael, y'all saying my minutes going to be cut. You know, I'm going to be playing behind the youngsters, all that kind of stuff. I'm not good with that. I'm not agreeing to this. So no, we got we got to work this out now. Back in September and October, you know, media day, Rafael and John said it's all good. We all agree. We're all you know, kumbaya. This is going to be great. Yes, I'll travel with the team. I'm going to be a mentor to the young guys and all that kind of stuff. Now all of a sudden, he has issue with it. Now he's saying free John Wall, my man. September, you said you were good with this. Mm-hmm. You were good with the Rockets saying we're going to pay you to sit. So now all of a sudden, I got an itch. I got an itch. I got a player. The competitor in me wants to play. The competitor in you in September, what, what happened to that person? You're still getting paid. Because now we can get into a discussion of the NBA letting the Rockets pay a man to not play. I think we touched on that a few days ago in our, our last FTS. Yep. Hey, NBA. Why are you allowing a team to pay a player to sit if he's healthy enough to play? And now apparently he, he's itching and ready to play. This is a bad look. If John wants to play, come off the bench. Take DJ's minutes, show you're ready, and then go from there. I mean, contract-wise, he still ain't going to get, still won't get much for him of value. But at least if he comes off the bench, he could show teams he still has something left in the tank. What about that, James? Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. Like like I said, and like you said, you, you can't expect, you know, just because what you've done in the past that you, you're going to be able to replicate that right away. And, I mean, for a guy who's dealt with so many injuries, who's struggled to stay healthy, who now hasn't played in a real basketball game in who knows how long, I mean, you got if you're if you if that competitor really you know you want to come out and show that you want to compete, then then prove it with the minutes you get off the bench, and then because that I mean if if you're doing enough coming off the bench, you're going to get noticed, and then your role is going to increase whether that's with the Rockets or with someone else. Well, how how does this get resolved? Because it's a mess on both sides. You asked questions previously about the vibe situation and of how does it impact how does it work really because 
cap wise, you know, the Rockets are not going to, well, they say they're not going to buy out John's contract. Said that back in September, October media day, whatever. Um, how do you see this getting resolved? I think that's what it is now because now there's, there's, um, I'm going to say controversy, but there's, uh, there's issues now. Whereas John before was okay. And now there seems to be a little, uh, flying ointment. And I think now it's to the point where I don't know John's representation is right off the top of my head, but quite sure his agent will be calling Raphael Stone or even Tillman Fertitta at this point. Like, get me out of here. I mean, we just saw the hashtag free, free me, free me. I mean, he's making 41 oh, in excess of $42 million this year. And he's saying free me. So I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a, a no win because they can't trade him without other teams seeing what he can do. And then he doesn't want to come off the bench in order to show teams what he can do in order for them to trade him. I don't know. I mean, I'm quite sure now, you know, the, um, for lack of a better term, the good so the good soldier John Wall may not be as so uh, present. You know, you may see him uh, no longer traveling, maybe no longer uh, serving as that mentor to uh, Jalen Green and uh, Josh Christopher and, and the other young fellows, and maybe you know some some finance from the team. I, I don't I don't know. Pure speculation on my part. But, I, you know, for, for you know, is it the competitor in him that sat back and saw them go 2-15 and 15 and said, I can do something to help this, and now I want to do it? I, I don't know. I don't know. But it's it's not going to end from where it sits right now. It's not going to end nice. It's not going to end nice at all. And as we have comments from the folks tuning in, you know, Scoot, KPJ, Kevin Porter Jr. had 12 assists Saturday night. In the, in the win over the Hornets and only four turnovers. Kevin Porter Jr. is finally playing, as, as he put it a little while ago, playing scoop ball, the way he's feeling more comfortable. So all of a sudden, last two games or so, John now has the itch and wants to play. Free John Wall. Okay, give some of the money back to the Rockets. Till, go to the owner, go to Tillman and say, okay, I want to play. I will let's work out a buyout and say let's do 50 50 percent i'll get back 50 that's a lot i mean something yeah probably. 50%, you know something but how okay i'll just put it like this how badly do you want to out of houston it ain't my money obviously you know i know that everybody tuning in knows that 91 million dollars the next year and a half season and a half player option next year for 47 million 47.4 million i think but John, his agent, his representation. What did y'all think this situation meant when the Rockets said to you, you're not going to start? Said to you back in September, you're not going to start. We want you coming off the bench. And he said, okay, sounds good. So I, I don't <laughs> I don't know what all of a sudden it, it, it just does not help his cause. Give it up. Take, a, take less money to get out of here because the Rockets are saying right now we're going to young well the Rockets stance really hasn't changed we're going to youngsters we said that back in September 
We said that back when they drafted Jalen Green. We want Scoot to be the point guard. So, John, you, you're not going to get a lot of minutes this year. So, if John was good with that back then, so I, I, I don't know. And it's easy to, you know, <laughs> to say all these things because it's not my money. But the Rockets need to do something to make this work. John needs to decide, okay, I'm not going to start. Well, let me just let me do my part, come off the bench, show my skill set, and we'll go from there. So, I, you know, I, but that's where we are on that. I don't, I don't know how, what, how this is going to be resolved. Rockets got a two game winning streak now. It's, it's interesting how the offense looks so much better when those open threes are going in, you know. So, Rockets got a lot of three point looks during the 15 game losing streak, but now they're, they're going in. So, they won two in a row. So they play OKC Monday night. They got OKC next Monday and Wednesday. Wednesday will be in o- Oklahoma City. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know how, what's changed. John's representation. Maybe the reports were leaked about the Clippers. Who was it? Clippers, Miami, and who was thirteen? Maybe it was the Lakers were showing interest in, in uh, John Wall, and that got them thinking. Wow, maybe we need to really push this. To get out of Houston, Rockets like, hey man, we're paying you not to play. So why are you complaining? <laughs> you know, so, who would the La- who would the Lakers give up in return to get John Wall? Russ, give him back? <laughs> what? I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, and I, mean, I know he's a clutch Russ. guy. Don't get me wrong. I know he's a clutch sports guy, and yep. you know, Rich Paul and LeBron James. I get it, but. Mm, it's it, you know will you might be right it might get messier before it's resolved we'll see how it all plays out um I, there's not much really more to add to it you know u of h has a home game james will you be at the game on tuesday basketball game i will northwestern state so i'll see you there are you going to cincinnati i am you are oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So when are you headed out for that? Uh, it's still being determined right now. Uh, I'm booked for Friday. I'm trying to get it changed to Thursday because they have a media availability that they just announced on Friday afternoon before I get in. But again, the Cougars paying me for me to fly out there. So if they can't make it work, then I'll, I'll get there Friday because um, it's not my money. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> there you go, James. But, yeah, I'm hoping to get there Thursday. But I'll be there for sure Friday and then for the game Saturday. See, Will James has learned at a young age, if, if somebody else is, if it's on there, somebody else is dying, just ride with it. Just go with the flow. <laughs> Please so, believe it. Yeah. All right, let's, let's, let's shut it down. Let's close it out. So, James, how can folks find you on social media? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at JDM2186 and then all my work um, – for UH Sports is on the dailycougar.com. Will, how can folks find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, Twitter and Instagram, Will Gibson7. Uh, Facebook, Will Knows. Uh, Will Knows Facebook page and also uh, WTGSports.com. And I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Thanks again, as always, for tuning in to Folks Talking Sports, sponsored by the Saxenian family. This is a lot more football talk, football and some Rocket talked toward the end about Coach Wall and that situation. 
But Rocket fans, the next live stream of Let's Talk Rockets right now is slated for Saturday, December 4th at, well, 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm available now. Maybe we can get on. I'll, I'll listen. 8 p.m. Central. So we're tuning in, talking more Rockets. Rocket fans, give me. they wrote me in, man. We saw flowing, and the show goes 90 minutes. So that's, that's, that's a lot for this old man to, to handle. But 90 minutes of Rocket talk, Coach Wall, and, and uh, trying to become John Wall again on the court. But as always, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time and your insight. James, have a safe flight, safe trip. Enjoy it. Can I twist your arm into making a prediction on the game, James? You obey uh, Cincinnati on Saturday? I mean, I think Cincinnati will win. They haven't lost at Nippert Stadium since November 2017. Um, they don't lose at home. I think they win by 14. Do you want to guarantee it, James? I will not guarantee that. I... <laughs> okay. <laughs> will, do, what, what are your thoughts on it? You, do you think uh, Bearcats win and cover the 10 and a half? Uh, I do think uh, Cincinnati wins. You know, I got to root for. I got to find a Buckeye angle somewhere. So Luke Fickle will coach the Cincinnati Bearcats to a win. I'll get to thirteen and zero. Hopefully, stay in the college football and CFP. Do you want to guarantee it? Do I want to guarantee you? Want guarantee me to guarantee cover. it? You want me to guarantee it? Um, no, I don't. I thought about it. You almost had me, but no, I don't. Okay. Well, I'm going to guarantee Bearcats cover because it could be the kiss of death for the Bearcats because that's really what my predictions come down to when it comes to betting line. So once again, I got the Bearcats covering the 10 and a half and beating U of eight. And yes, I do guarantee it. Guarantee. So there you go. So as always, thank you once again for tuning in to Folks Talking Sports. Sponsored by the Saxinian family, Steve Saxinian, a very helpful alum to the program, a supporter of this, and trying to get somebody to support those Let's Talk Rockets live stream shows. So, uh, Brandon, December 4th, 8 p.m. Central and 9 p.m. Eastern will be the next Let's Talk Rockets live stream on the Houston Roundball Review YouTube channel. Everybody, thank you for your time, your comments. See you soon. Take care. <laughs>